Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again in this week's episode. We are currently thriving in lockdown. It's actually really funny because if you've listened to the last episode, we recorded this way before lockdown, but we posted it in lockdown. And in the end, at the end of the episode, we were like, yeah, we're going out tonight. We're getting dressed up and stuff. So that's obviously not possible. We hope you're doing somewhat okay in this lockdown. Which is really funny because we did the same thing last time. Like before the first lockdown, we went out, got dressed up. It seems to be the deciding factor of whether Austria is going to have a lockdown or not. It's when we actually dress up. Very true. And in case you're not in Austria and are listening to this, uh, yeah, we're back in lockdown, (laughs) believe it or don't. I think we're currently the only country that's back in lockdown for now. And um, yeah, it is what it is. But it is, once again, quite a big change that came also all of a sudden. Like we literally found out on a Friday that on a Monday, the following Monday, the lockdown would start which meant a massive change for many people regarding personal life, but also, of course, uh, work life, etc. And yeah. So we have a few topics today. I think we are going to start with something that we were talking about earlier today, and then we're going to continue with, we asked our followers on Instagram to give us some questions. So we just picked out a couple questions to answer. Um, And I think the first topic that we're going to cover is just attachment, but in a kind of different sense than we did before. We did this whole episode on attachment styles, which is very structured. And there's kind of a a list of things that come along with each attachment style. But today we were talking about it just in a broad sense of how we as human beings are just very dependent on other human beings so i was thinking about this the other day and i kind of had this feeling that nowadays especially when you're like on social media and your feed is also maybe filled with like these psychology pages etc very often the term attachment or dependency has a quite negative connotation and it's almost like we shouldn't be dependent on other people emotionally dependent And it kind of made me think because we as humans, we are born dependent on other humans, right? Like as infants, we cannot do anything by ourselves. Like we really cannot even articulate what we need. So we are born as these really helpless, dependent humans. And it's interesting that as we mature and we grow up, um, Yes, it's great and important to be somewhat independent and self-sufficient. Also, I'm talking mostly emotionally, of course. But this belief that we can and should be completely emotionally independent from other people just does not make sense to me at all. No, not at all. And that's even um, to take it further. That's how the whole attachment and attachment styles and everything. That's how it started, because... A psychologist, I think it's Bowlby. I mean, that was one of the first discoveries that animals like us, like humans, our chance of survival is actually being nurtured in an emotional sense. It doesn't really have... I mean, of course, we need food and we need shelter, but 
more than anything, we actually need attachment and we need another person to take care of us in an emotional sense, which sounds surprising and somehow doesn't even sound correct, but we really need it to survive. And that's why it's so interesting that I feel like people today are constantly fighting that idea yeah and this also makes me think about all these sayings all the time that you know you should be able to give yourself the love that you crave or the validation etc and once again i do truly believe that loving yourself is important and talking to yourself in a sense of you know i'm proud of myself and i'm doing well etc this is all super important however it does not replace the validation you seek from other people i don't think that you can give yourself everything that you need, emotionally speaking. For example, like, again, if I, if I, in my upbringing, feel like I'm deficient in having been validated, in someone being proud of me, etc., I think no matter how much I tell myself that later in life, and no matter how proud I really genuinely am of myself, I will always have this lack of and wish that someone else tells me that they're proud of me. And that's okay, because this is yeah. just what happened in my life, and this is just what I'm lacking. And hopefully you will find yourself in relationships with people, like friendships or romantic relationships, whatever, where you can also verbalize that and say, hey, this is actually really important that from time to time I hear this, you know, that you also can ask for what you need not in this really obnoxious way of please tell me every day i'm beautiful and i'm loved no 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 but again just knowing kind of what is really important for you what is lacking within you and what maybe you just also cannot give yourself enough yeah but in that sense i think this emotional independence just is just bullshit because we yeah, are all dependent and we all have deficiencies or lacks or wishes just what other people can and should do for us or say to us definitely and i do think that there are cases or time periods or situations where other people are not giving you that or where you can't find it in other people and in those time periods it's you can sufficiently give it to yourself but for me it's also like our goals or the reason we are alive is to feel fulfilled and to feel joy and if you know that's what brings you joy or makes you feel fulfilled then why not look for it it's just it seems like such a strange concept that you shouldn't seek that out um and also something that i was just thinking about uh while you were talking is it's really funny to me that we preach this so much, but at the same time, you can't go too far. So everyone's always like, yeah, don't depend on anybody else. Love yourself, be independent. But you know, like if you're too independent and if you don't reach out to anybody, then you have social anxiety or then you... I mean, in an extreme case, it's called being schizoid. So there is that person who doesn't rely on anybody and who's completely happy by themselves and also feels fulfilled by doing their own thing and doesn't need any other human being to give them any kind of attention or support. And we also think of that as a disorder. So it is interesting that we're also all kind of 
trying to reach that goal because we know it's negative. Yes, and I find myself, especially now in lockdown, and maybe other people experience this as well, sometimes when I when I do feel alone or I I feel that I would need someone or would want someone to be there for me or with me, etc., I almost get annoyed with myself and I think why do you need someone else like you've done so many things alone in your life like you don't need anyone you know like be fine by yourself come on kind of get your shit together and then i this goes back to that i think it's really important in these phases also now in lockdown if you're feeling lonely and then you almost get annoyed with yourself or angry with yourself or have little empathy to understand we are social beings it's okay to not to want to be alone yeah. or to miss someone, anyone really, just human contact. <laughs> and this is what's so hard during this entire pandemic time that so many of us are so much more isolated than usual and it does something to us, like duh, but yeah. it really does. And it's okay to, um, to feel that and also to have this wish for more contact or for emotional connection or whatever so don't think that you need to do everything by yourself like you really really don't yeah and something else that we were talking about earlier is of course we always come back to dating because it's something that's very central in our lives but I know you were saying earlier and me as well we're so hard on ourselves when we meet somebody and we feel this really strong attachment to them Yeah, I have these like words in my head, which obviously come from somewhere. But when I meet someone, there's so much built up, I think, energy that hasn't been given to anybody else um, when I'm interested. And I just feel almost like obsessed and I feel like a really strong need to see them or I think about them all the time. And then I always think to myself, oh my God, you're so pathetic. Like, come on, what's wrong with you? You don't even know this person. And it's really sad that we're so negative towards those feelings because those feelings are actually amazing feelings. Like they're actually such nice feelings to have towards somebody. And they're so positive because, I mean, that's what we all strive for. We all strive to be in love or to care for somebody and it's not about the other person like it really has nothing to do with them we all project whatever we want onto the people that we meet but I think we also need to remind ourselves that having those feelings is just generally like it's really almost like a beautiful thing that we can have that towards somebody that we barely even know I mean as long as we're aware that we don't know them <laughs> and it is a fantasy but it shouldn't be negative totally agree and this is a part that um i think many people have and this is something that again where i get really mad at myself or annoyed with myself when i realize that i've become attached to someone even if i've only met them once or twice and it's this built-up fantasy and i'm almost angry and i'm like why cannot not be like emotionally so distant and just not yeah. involved why can I not be like yeah whatever you know what I mean um, but as you said in, especially in the beginning when you start dating someone it's not the person themselves because you don't even know them that well at all it's your fantasies and your probably very early wishes 
that we all have of someone being there for us, caring for us. Could this be this person, etc. So it's completely, completely normal. For me, I think it's an achievement to be able to have those feelings so early for somebody that you don't know. And it really reminds me of we like learn a term. I think it's mostly in psychology, not so much psychoanalysis, but there's this term resilience. And I really think that it shows, I mean, obviously we're talking about a generally healthy person. There are people who are way too dependent on others. But when we're talking about us, especially, we are generally very independent. But when we talk about resilience, I really think it has something to do with that. Because the fact that you can be rejected and face so much disappointment in your life, not just by partners, but since we were children, um, and still be able to just bounce back and have like that positive outlook on things, I think shows like a very strong character. And also let's not forget, if you're listening to this and you kind of maybe have the same or you feel like you get attached to people you date too quickly, too easily, let's not forget that women once they start sleeping with someone they release oxytocin like their brains release oxytocin with it, which is a hormone mm-hmm. that biologically attaches you like to this other person mm-hmm. it's really a hormone that is released and it makes you feel extremely attached to the other person and men don't have that men do not have that it's super interesting women have that So this is also part of it. Like part of it is also just fucking biology. When you start dating someone and you start sleeping together and maybe you feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm so much more attached than he is or whatever. It's also partially your brain. And then probably the other part is your fantasies and your unconscious, but still (laughs) it's okay. So we got a question from you guys, which kind of fits this topic, which is kind of dealing with separating from the parents and detaching from parents as you grow older. And I think this is quite an interesting subject because it goes back to the attachment styles, etc., and the independence and how independent can and should you really be yeah. from, let's say, parents in this case, but meaning any primary caregivers that a person has had. And again, I think, yes, it's a big part of growing up and it is important that you kind of become your own person and you start to also internalize certain things that other people give to you that you then can give to yourself, you know, self-validating, self-soothing capacities, etc. But also these are your primary caregivers or the people you've grown up with. So they have played a major role in your development and in your life, no matter how it is now. But so I think the goal is not completely separate from them emotionally and to completely detach yourself from them emotionally. And I I personally don't think that it is possible. Yeah. And for me, I I don't think about really detachment as something that happens when you grow up. For me, there's like a huge difference between attachment or connection to somebody and the, the fact that when you do grow up, the healthy thing to do is kind of form your own opinions and goals and wishes. I think that's something very important that you need to do for yourself. So I even still have thoughts when I want to make a decision. I think about what would my parents think um, or 
would my family approve of this or not? And I think that is something that you really need to work on as you get older because your family's opinion should matter much less, if at all. But that's something separate than attachment. I think you can still have a connection to your parents and still want to be close to them and communicate with them on a regular basis. I think the goal is just to kind of form your own identity, which does not mean that you're not attached to them anymore. For sure. But I also need to say at this point that we are both people we are in contact with our families, like mm-hmm. more or less, you know, phases, maybe more fa- phases, maybe less, but generally we are. And I know that many people do not have a great bond with their families and that there is this expectation, you know, blood is thicker than water and all that, which I think is not the way to go like i think this there's a huge pressure and external expectation of everyone being super close with their families yeah. etc but i once heard this saying and i thought it was so good and it may sound really harsh but it's that children don't have to love their parents but parents have to love their children yeah and i know people who have not had contact with relatives with parents with siblings whatever for years and genuinely feel much much better because for whatever reason this was just as toxic as a relationship as any right so it doesn't i don't think that you need to be super close with your family but even if you are not even if you don't have that relationship that doesn't mean that internally they have a place within you within your soul because once again they are just people that have had a major imprint on your development. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, is when we say attachment or dependence, it doesn't have to be in a physical sense. So you don't have to speak to your family or see them. But I think it's really important not to deny your link to them, even if it's a negative one. There's people who, I mean, even with me, there's family members of mine that had just cut me off. And I think that is something that is actually really dangerous is like denying your attachment to your family because you can have a toxic attachment to your family. You can have a negative attachment to your family, but you still need to be aware of it and you still need to kind of live with it because when you deny it I definitely think this is more psychoanalysis I definitely think it will be the reason and indication for a lot of your everyday issues yeah and fitting to that or going further one of the main things that I have noticed for myself through my psychoanalysis over the last years through my own therapy is how I define my role in my family so i think we all agree that let's say you are close with your family or close but you've grown up with your family you are in contact etc every family is it's it's like construct in its own way right Mm -hmm. it's system every family is its own system um and everyone kind of has their role and for me because the question was also difficulties about the process of growing up and for me this was a real difficulty to realizing I'm not happy with the system. I don't like 
where I am positioned, where my role is defined in the family. And over the years, I've through therapy kind of worked on that and also learned to sometimes step my foot down in my family and kind of be my own person in the system. Because I think you grow up and you become your own person, but within your family, you always tend to regress. You always tend to become that, yeah, the daughter again, or the little child, or the middle kid, or the youngest kid, etc. You know what I mean? And I started also speaking up for myself and saying, this is not okay. What you said to me the other day was not okay. Like, I don't think we should talk about these things that way, etc. And this... This led to so much conflict over the last years. Like I cannot even begin to tell you. But when you start to kind of question that Mm -hmm. system that has been in place for so, so many years, it really does something to everyone. (laughs) And usually people are not comfortable with it. Yeah, that really resonates with me as well. Because I had so many issues with where I am kind of placed in my family because there are so many different constellations just because there were different marriages and different mothers and I really really struggled with my position in the family and something that I really had to understand too I grew up with this almost like um I don't know, there was like almost this thought implanted into my mind that I am just a version, a younger version of my mom. And people would even see me and be like, oh my God, it's so crazy. You're just a young version of her. And I really lived by that unconsciously. And I also always expected the things that I did to be exactly like the things that she did. And if it was any different, I would doubt it. Or I would say that it's the wrong thing or I would... It was very confusing and when I kind of realized that I am not her at all and that I will make very different decisions and also standing up like you said and telling family members that I don't want to do things and that I have a different opinion was so so important for me and I think something that I really was thinking of earlier was my relationship with my stepmother like my relationship with my stepmother used to torment me and I used to have dreams about her I I just I don't know the thought of her made me struggle so much because of a lot of things like abandonment because my dad left um, for her and all these different concepts most of them probably unconscious But something that I've really, really gained by changing my position in the family um, and by kind of becoming more my own person and having my own opinions and not relying on where I fit in so much is I really don't give a shit about her anymore. And it sounds so separate and it sounds so random, but really like over time I just don't care about her anymore and that's crazy for me to even think or say because I used to think about her I don't know every day and this is something that shows that dynamics in the family can change and they should change like the relationships we've grown up with don't need to be the same you don't always need to be 
when you're the I don't know smallest kid you don't always have to be the the one that people pick on or yeah. the spoiled one or whatever you know you can to a certain extent redefine your role also within a family I think but it takes effort and it takes courage and really to speak up but this is something that I can also just share from working with patients that really most patients when they've been in therapy for a while and in the beginning there's always this massive resistance to talk about the family because the family is almost this sacred thing you yeah. know that because you've grown up with them and you feel guilty if you talk badly about them or if you're not happy with something but once you get into the work there is usually a point or very often a point when people say hmm actually now that i'm thinking about it that's not okay yeah or i really don't want to participate in this in these charades anymore mm. it's so fake like what is this yeah and um also though the hesitation to speak up because then the question is always like what if they then hate me what if i don't get invited to grandma's birthday or for christmas or whatever but it's a risk you also have to take and in this in order to hopefully come to a more real and authentic like connection with your family in whatever way maybe that means it won't be as close anymore yeah. but at least you're being honest to yourself and to the others and it's not that like game anymore but this is always a part of, of therapy and growing up i think that's a really good transition to actually the next question um the next question was how do you deal with change And I think that's part of the reason why we are so protective of our family unit and our family constellations. It's because it's pretty much the only like constant that we have in our lives. It's something that we can rely on that doesn't change. Everybody has their roles. Um, you know, every time you go to your grandma's birthday, it's going to be the same shit. Um, you... I mean, it's different for everybody, but it is, in a sense, something in your life that doesn't change. And even if it does change, small parts of it change, but generally your family will be a concept that stays the same for you. And that's why it's very understandable why it's terrifying to change that. Um, and... Of course, it's not something that you can do overnight. When we talk about all these things, we're talking about years of therapy and small steps of just saying no sometimes or um, speaking up about really minor things until you do have the courage to, to kind of go further. But in that sense, how do we deal with change? How do we deal with change? I mean, you said it already. I think change is always really scary mm -hmm. even though we might not be so aware of it but also again from working with patients people are really terrified of therapy already also when they've started therapy they are almost yeah. scared to get real in therapy because they are scared of change and this is also in all aspects of life because we don't know what kind of change it will bring we just know it might change and we love the familiar and what we're used to um, but we also want to move forward. So there is a huge ambivalence of like, do I stay in this comfortable place that I do want to change or do I like dare to go further? But I think also through this entire pandemic as a, as a, I mean, current example and through again now this lockdown, we have been so challenged <laughs> in all the fucking changes all the time. Yeah. And I mean, each and every one of us who is listening to this. 
no matter how privileged you are during this time or what happened or didn't happen or whatever, we all have gone through so much change and we have had to adapt so quickly and so often over the last like two fucking years. Definitely. And I think also um, when you were talking about comfort, it's very, very important to understand that dysfunction can be comfortable too. Um, suffering can be comfortable too. It's all about what we're used to. So change is so relative. If you're somebody, for example, who had a very, very chaotic childhood um, that involved a lot of change, the change for you might be finding some kind of stability or finding an environment where there is no change. So when we say change also, that's a very relative word. And I think for me, especially because of the pandemic, change has kind of become scary. Even though before I did consider myself somebody who doesn't mind change and who is pretty used to change. But now I feel like there's this uncertainty in the air and making decisions to make a change are very or is very overwhelming for me especially I can't really make a decision about like the next steps in my life because I keep having this thought like well who knows (laughs) what things are gonna be like next year or I don't want to make any decisions because right now like I could have made a decision last week but then we went into lockdown so I'm very very um reluctant to embrace change right now in my life i think it is a struggle for probably a lot of people at the moment i would agree i think many people as you said have had the experience over the last years that everything is changing so rapidly these days anyways so i don't want to get disappointed or i don't want to fail in my decisions or whatever so i'd rather just not change anything and i also find that i find that in these uncertain times overall or so in times of course when I'm feeling more anxious or more depressed or stressed whatever I really don't want to make any changes because that's the last thing I want I want to have a certain stability in my life yeah and I'm talking about external changes but also emotional you know I I I want to feel somewhat uh, stable and I, I think it's it's interesting how when I look back that really big changes in my life how what kind of effect they had on me and that just rationally speaking and objectively speaking some changes that were quite big didn't have that big of an impact on me i think Mm -hmm. and then other changes that would be considered maybe not that big had like a major impact on me it's really strange for example like i i mean i i switched schools when i was in high school and that is quite a big change like you basically you switch your entire friend group you know new teachers new everything new peers um, but I that was, that felt so normal for me and it really was never a topic later. It just felt really normal. But then just this year when I went from working to working and studying, yeah, I was so overwhelmed. This was like two months ago. I, I mm-hmm. was so overwhelmed. I was like, this is too much change. I cannot. I need to. And I really did like so many meditation <laughs> exercises and stuff of just like breathe, breathe. It's going to be fine. You know, this is just... This is just a period of change now, but you will adapt to it. I think for me, adaptation always goes hand, yeah, hand in hand with definitely. change because 
when change occurs, we need to adapt. Yeah. And I actually have some advice. <laughs> Please. Um, I have some advice that I want to give everyone. It's I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but it's something that I think we've been talking about a lot as well. Um, considering the times, I completely understand why change has been especially scary. And I also totally understand trying to kind of um, cherish or save your environment or keep it the same and how much comfort that brings. But I think we should really be careful not to discourage the people around us to make changes. Um, I think we should really try to embrace people who want to make changes and I know it's not on purpose and I know that it, it can be very easy to kind of slip into your own worries and anxieties but just because you are not able to make a change right now um, just I don't know be kind of more sensitive to the people around you and make sure that you support them making changes because it's really not easy for anyone and i think it would be really helpful for for everyone right now to feel support for sure i think when someone is going through a change of any sort it's always nice to know that there's someone else there who's just there yeah you know maybe they don't need to do anything but just knowing as with everything there's someone there that i can talk to or not talk to but just someone there because yeah change is always just a transition. I, 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 uh, I heard this thing the other day, which was, which I thought was so funny, but so accurate. And it was from a person who has had a lot of change in, in her life. And, uh, you know, I think many of us, whatever we go through in our lives, parents divorce or again, school changes or studying traveling, all these things are, are marking changes. And sometimes it's just enough. You've, <laughs> just, you've just had enough changes. Yeah. And you're not in the mood for it. And then some other times you really are. And both is fine. Like I'm personally always a big fan of also what you said of encouraging others to, to do change changes. And I have changed. I, I am known. I constantly change everything in my life, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I'm more on that side of always wanting change. However, sometimes I'm also just like fed up with it. And I'm like, no, we don't need this now. I don't want another fucking change. Can things just stay the same? <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> so I think that's also that's also fair. But we hope that also answered the question of how to deal with constant change, even though I guess like it's hard. I it's mean, there's, hard, there's, there's, no, not, there's not really an answer. There's no hand just got to adapt. Yeah. Like, it sounds really not that great. But what are you going to do? Yeah, there's no handbook, there's no manual, we don't have any like secret tips, but I think I would say the way to handle changes is just to kind of go through it and listen to yourself and be aware of how you feel about it and try not to become bitter. I don't know. Oh my god, I just thought of something. A tip that I have. This is really minor. This is really, really minor. But it's something that I really genuinely do. As you guys maybe know, I do a lot of yoga and meditation and stuff like that. And this is like a mantra almost that mm -hmm. I tell myself. But like in everyday life, when I feel really stressed or when there's changes coming, I really 
really tell myself step by step, like one step yeah. at a time. Like it feels so overwhelming when it's there. So just really tell yourself just step by step. And I really will do it. I will be in my apartment stressed out and I will take one step and then another step. And I tell myself step by step, you don't need to do everything at once. Yeah. It's change. It takes time. Be patient with yourself and just take it step by step. I also got a piece of advice yesterday from someone, which sounds kind of weird, but I've been thinking about it and I feel like they might be on to something. Um, when you wake up in the morning, think about all the things you don't want to do and try to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think about the things that you want to do. Focus on the things that you don't want to do and try to just do one or two could be totally minor things that you just don't feel like doing but instead of thinking about the opposite only think about what you don't want to do and the more things you start doing that you don't want to do apparently (laughs) the easier it gets and the more fulfilled you feel and and how has that been working out for you i haven't what are the things you have done i haven't tried it yet but i was thinking about it and it actually makes a lot of sense because we avoid so much me included like i'm one of the worst people ever um but if you really just think in the morning about a couple things that you don't feel like doing i think when you start doing them it's probably such a relief you know what i was also just thinking it's so funny that we talk about change and we're the people, we literally watch reality TV together and then we look at each other and we're like, we need to change our wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) We need to change our hair. Like Lola and I, we will always have these phases or I will get like a random text from you and it's like, I need to change my style. (laughs) It's very true. And you know what? Change can be very therapeutic. It can be. And it also could, it can be also just very fun. Yes. And it doesn't have to be, I'm changing my career and moving to a different country it can be i'm trying a new nail color oh yes (laughs) whatever yeah whatever very true so we answered some of the questions you guys sent in thank you so so much we really appreciate it when sometimes we post on our instagram to tell us what you want to hear etc and then you do and we really want to answer these things or talk about these things so please keep it coming and let us know and if you've ever suggested something and we haven't covered it and it's really important to you or you're really interested please send it again at this point we've hit 2k followers (laughs) so we get quite a few dms now so some just get lost yeah and we would also we would love to cover your questions but as you can see we just talk way too much and (laughs) One or two questions just takes a while, but we can definitely get to it in the next episode if it's something that you're really curious about. So just let us know. And yeah, thanks so much for listening again. Thank you and have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you always laughing at the end? Because you sound like a person on like a intercom. (laughs) You're like Walmart. Hello, shoppers. Thank you for listening, listeners, and uh, yeah. Come back soon. Come back soon.